There are many stories in Roman mythology that involve mortals challenging the gods to contests. One of the best known is the tale of Arachne, the weaver who thought she was better than Minerva. Another, less well-known story is that of Marcius and Apollo. Marcius was a satyr who challenged Apollo to a music contest but lost. More often than not, these stories do not end happily for the mortals. Arachne was turned into a spider, and Marcius was tied to a tree and flayed alive. This podcast will focus on another, more obscure character who challenged the gods and faced their wrath, Mycenas, Aeneas' herald. Mycenas' death occurs towards the beginning of Book 6. For some context, Aeneas and the Trojans have finally landed in Italy at Cumae. Aeneas seeks out the Sibyl and, after performing the required sacrifices, entreats her to tell him what lays in store for his weary band. The Sibyl assures him he will reach Lavinia, but warns him that he will find war upon his arrival. Aeneas then begs the Sibyl to show him to the underworld so that he can talk with his father Anchises. The Sibyl tells him that he first must seek out a golden bough sacred to Proserpina and bring it back with him. This is his key to the underworld. Before he leaves, she tells Aeneas that one of his companions lies dead and must be properly laid to rest before he can begin his descent. This is where Mycenaeus comes into the picture. The original Latin is as follows. Aque illi misenum in litora seco, ut venere vident indigna morte peremptum, misenum eoliden, conum praestantior alter aere quiere viros martemque accendere cantu. Hectoris hic magni fuerat comes, Hectora circum et lituo pugnas in signis obibat et hasta. Postquam illum vito victor spoliavit Achilles, Dardanio Aeneas sese fortissimus heros adiderat socia, non inferiora secutus. Sed tum, forte tawa dum personat aequora conca, demens, et cantu vocat in cartamina divos, aimulus excetum triton, si credere dignum est. Intersaxa virum spumosa immerserat unda. Virgil spends the next fifty lines describing the preparations the Trojans made for Mycenaeus' funeral. He concludes the scene with the following lines At Pius Aeneas ingenti mole sepulcrum imponit suaque arma viro remumque tu bamque monte sub aereo, qui nonc misenus ab illo dicitur. There are some contextual notes that I'd like to make now, which I think will be helpful for better understanding this section. Aeolus, Mycenaeus' father, was the keeper of the winds, so it is fitting that his son would be a renowned trumpeter. The conch was Triton's special instrument, so it makes sense that he specifically would punish any mortal who dared to challenge the gods with it. The place referred to here at the end is the modern-day Cape Mycenae, the northwest headland of the Bay of Naples. During Virgil's time, it was a popular vacation spot for Rome's elite and housed many luxurious villas. It was also the site of an important naval base during Augustus's reign. The topography of the Cape lends itself to Virgil's tale of Mycenaeus as it bears a striking resemblance to a burial mound. The sounds the wind makes as it travels across the landscape through the caves and grass are said to resemble to some degree those of a trumpet.
strengthening the connection to Mycenas. By placing the death of Mycenas here, Virgil's providing a link between the mythical past of his poem and the present day. His Roman audience would have been very familiar with Cape Mycena, and making this connection would help them visualize and connect with the story more. These lines provide us with good examples of many stylistic features common to Virgil. For one thing, Virgil very often uses words that are more at home in poetry than prose. These add to the grandeur of the poem and serve to make it feel truly epic. Sicko, paramptum, lituo, obibat, aikora, spumosa, and imersarat are all examples of words found much more often in poetry than prose. Another common stylistic feature found in these lines are assonance and alliteration. Alliteration had been used in Roman poetry long before Virgil came onto the scene, and Virgil uses it sparingly so as not to appear archaic. Wita Wictoris Boliawit in line 168 is a good example of alliteration with the Vs, and line 165 contains both alliteration and assonance in Aere Chiere Akendere Cantu. The latter is especially interesting as Virgil uses the device to imitate the trumpeting of Mycenas. Epinolepsis can also be found in this section. This is the unnecessary repetition of a word or phrase from a previous line so as to linger over an idea to add pathos or emphasis. This is seen with the repetition of Mycenum in line in the first three lines, and there is also repetition of Hectoris Hectora in line 166 which shares both as a reminder of Trojan pride and sorrow and emphasizes the honored position Mycenas held. The reason I like the Mycenas story, apart from the fact that he's a literal blowhard, is the message it conveys about the relationship between gods and man. The story, like those of Arachne and Marcius, shows that the gods thought themselves superior to man and did not take lightly to mortal challenges, nor did they have any qualms about killing mortals who challenged their power. I think this humanizes the gods to a certain extent, because it shows that they could be petty too, just like humans. Thank you for listening, and I hope you now understand more about the character and significance of Mycenas.